Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With Coach Red, where we bring you all the news, stories, takes, and opinions about your favorite teams from the Pacific North, fresh, from the good, to the bad, to the Mariners. The Mariners. The, the Mariners. Not, uh, not going to be talking about the Mariners in this episode, but we are going to be reaching a different audience, you know, uh, an audience that might be really into fantasy football, maybe mm-hmm. some, some that are just really into statistics, AKA yeah. the nerd alerts out there. Like put nerd your nerd alert. flag up because we're about ready to state claim to your uh-huh. ears with our nerd flags up. And if you want to find two guys who are super nerdy about sports, we're talking about a couple uh, fantasy football champions ourselves in the room mm-hmm. here. How many how many championships are we talking? I think I'm rocking about six. I think I'm at two, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you were gonna say four, so we could at least. I was gonna lie, digits. but then but then we, I I can't lie to our our loyal fans. Well, I'm glad that you didn't because if I guess that makes me the ultimate champion. So if you want to yeah. follow an ultimate champion out there on. <laughs> the social media follow me on twitter at the real coach red or on instagram at the real underscore coach red but if you're also looking for a guy who is still a champion and is going to work his tail off to get back on top that's a boy yes. lefty france what up peeps follow me on twitter at lefty france on instagram at the france 13 go over and follow the pod at coach red pod on twitter and instagram follow us follow us follow us do it, do it, do it. Do it, to it. And we're going to dive in to who we think are going to be the statistical leaders for your Seattle Seahawks this upcoming season. Uh, Write these down. Keep them tight to you, close and tight. Put high them on and your... tight, high and tight like football. Don't fumble. Don't and fumble this list. When the season's over, come back to us with how we did yeah keep the receipts because yeah. uh we're ready we're ready to take the dubs and eat the l's so yeah exactly and you can thank us for uh helping you win a fantasy football league yeah. potentially all right let's uh let's start we're gonna start on the offense this is definitely going to be more geared towards the offense not a ton of traceable stats on the defensive side and some of them are a little yeah. bit more obscure so We're going to start off with the offense and where the offense goes through. That's the quarterback position. We're going to start off with your passing yardage leader, Lefty France. Who do you have slotting in as the Seahawks passing leader this upcoming season? I think that they're going to give this to Gino, the starting position. I think they're going to give it to him starting off. And I think he's going to have – pretty good first half of the season not sure about the second half um but yeah i think gino is gonna take the yardage leader because he's gonna be getting that first half team those first half teams where the second half defenses get tighter 
uh, probably a few more picks here and there. And I think that's when we'll start running the ball a little bit more too is in the second half of the season. So I'm going Gino for the yardage leader for quarterbacks. I'm going to go Drew Locke. Okay. I think that I think that Drew Locke will take over at some point. I like you think that Gino will start the year, but I think that you're going to be seeing the Seahawks kind of let him do an audition late in the year to see if they want to sign him uh, back to the squad. You know, yeah. it's a guy that's probably not going to make big money. So you look at, you know, potentially transitioning to a rookie quarterback at some point, this could be a bridge guy for you. And you want to see what you can do by slinging the rock. They said they were very high on him coming out. I liked it too. And, you know, his rookie year played pretty well under a consistent offensive coordinator, but this guy's had different offensive coordinators and the word on him out in Denver was Vic Fangio was not a fan because they thought he, he had too much personality. So they wanted to do everything to get the ball into Teddy Bridgewater's hand. who's a little bit yeah. more mild mannered. So I think that you'll see Locke really come when, when he gets a shot, he's going to really be looking to sling it a little bit more where Gino's going to yep. be more within the confines of the offense. I True. think that you can ratchet up uh, what the confines of the offense are when Drew Locke's in because he has a bigger arm than Geno Smith. So yeah. you have more big playability. So I think that's where you're going to see the yardage uh, go is to Drew Locke. I really like that. Like right. the explanation uh, too. We'll funnel right into passing, uh, passing touchdown leader, lefty. I'm just guessing, but I think I know your answer to this one. Yeah, I'm going to go Geno. Um, like I was saying, going to be starting out the year probably slinging it a little bit more than he will in the second half or, or if Drew Locke comes in, uh, takes over. I just think that the first half is going to be pretty much let Gino show you what he can do. Second half, let Locke show you what he can do. And it is an audition for both of them to who's going to get that starting quarterback spot. I mean, I do see them potentially drafting a quarterback in the future. So this is really their shot to be like, Hey, I'm the, I'm the guy, you know, but I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns and go with Gino. Great coin flipper though, or call of the coin flip. Very good. Very high. Yeah. On his coin flip. Would love to see the percentage that he uh, has for the right calls. No, I've seen I've seen on Madden his uh, coin flip is at a ninety nine. Oh, I would not be surprised. Yeah, it's if they could go up to a hundred, I think they would give it to him. I, I believe so. <laughs> All right, who you got? Pretty easy answer for me here, and it's uh, Geno Smith, not oh, one that you would expect. What? No, and the reason I go with Geno Smith here is I think earlier in the season. You're going to be seeing what this team's made of, and you're going to want to see the offense get going. So I think you're going to see a little bit more scripted passing earlier in the year. You look at what the Seahawks did at the tail end of last year is when you had Richard Penny really start rolling and those rushing touchdowns started to really pile up towards the end of the year. I think that you're going to be in a similar boat this year because you're going to have Penny in the lead role. You've got Ken, Ken Walker the third that I think is going to be right in the mix there too. And depending on the Chris Carson situation, he could factor in as well. 
even though we're not, at this point I'm not really anticipating it. But I think that at one point, you know, if he's back on the field, you potentially have a three-headed monster where down the stretch, if you're trying to grind games out, make a push to a potential playoff spot, shortening the game, you know, for your defense and keeping your offense on the field. I could see that even if Locke takes over, that they that they transition to a more and more run-heavy offense, which is going to limit his passing touchdown opportunity so i think that with gino starting at the beginning of the year getting about half the run i think they will see more touchdown passes happen in the first half of the year compared to the second half that's why i have gino smith still clocking in as your passing touchdown leader i like it go gino all right next spot we're gonna go is guys that i just talked about uh running backs so we're gonna see who lefty thinks is going to lead the team in rushing this year in rushing yards i think penny is going to be the yard leader i mean he had a huge season last year second half this season i think he's going to break quite a few runs for 50 plus yards um helping him get that the rushing yard leader for the team uh touchdowns may be a different story but we're not to that yet but yeah i just think penny is he's gonna prove keep proving himself a lot of people are saying he's a bust because of injuries stuff like that so i think he's got a lot to prove and i can definitely see him being the rushing yard leader I'm in the same boat as you. You know, you look at what he did over the course of the final five weeks. I think he eclipsed over 675 yards rushing. So if you look at that full scale, which is the big question mark because he's never been healthy. But I think that if you can get some of these games and keep him on the field a little bit more coming in training camp, you know, says he's feeling better than he's ever felt. I think the mindset that he got with Adrian Peterson being there helped out quite a bit. I think that's something that's going to stick. And I think he wants to stick around. Oh, yeah. Seattle. And you you saw that by him signing a one year deal here, even though they didn't pick up the option. And I want to potentially see him as a longer term here. You don't have a lot of run with running back. So get him that second contract, really get him rolling. You've got insurance plans with some of the other guys that you have on this roster. But when he's right and with the mindset that he picked up in the second half of the year where he's bowling through guys, which you didn't see early on his career, you saw legs give out once he got to contact and he would fall awkwardly to the ground. It was like watching Sean Alexander after (laughs) he won the MVP, but now you flip it. And now it's that second half of last year. He looked like Sean Alexander during the MVP run when you had Hutch and Walter Jones just paving the road for him. So I think that Penny does get off on a little bit better foot, stays more healthy this year. And I think that he can even reach a thousand yards this year. It shouldn't be an issue, especially with Pete Carroll, uncertainty at quarterback. You expect this team to run the ball more than they have in the past, which is usually at one of the higher clips in the league. So I expect the opportunities to be there even more uh, in a Russell Wilson list offense. Yep. All right. Rushing touchdowns. Where are you staking your flag on the rushing touchdowns? I'm going to stake it on Chris Carson. Oh. I think he's going to be the vulture uh, of Rashad Penny this year. He's banged up. 
I think they're going to try to give him a decent amount of touches, but he's a beast. He is a beast. And I think goal line will, he might turn into Jordan Howard. Mike Tolbert. Yeah, exactly. Mike Tolbert, Jordan Howard, pure vultures, but I still think Carson has a good season. Just, I think they're going to start maybe kind of moving, giving the ball a little bit more to Penny, seeing what he can do, see if he can stay healthy. But yeah, Chris Carson's going to be the vulture of the team, which I'm fine with. <laughs> I'm totally fine with. Um, but yeah, he's he's a beast at the goal line and can, I think, break a few tackles to get in there for and lead the the running backs and touchdowns. Who you got? I'm a little less optimistic on Carson. I saw the picture that came out, you know, over the last week or so, where it's showing the plate in his neck with the screws. And it's, yeah, I think he's looking for more opinions so he can get back out on the field. The guy's uh, trying to stay ready, but I'm going to go with Ken Walker, the third. And that was going to be my other one. If not Richard Penny, who we're expecting no. to lead and break big runs. I think that it's in the same vein that you're saying is that little bit of a vulture role. So mm-hmm. he's 210 on the poundage. He's 5'10", low to the ground. But this is a guy against Michigan who absolutely ran rough shot over him. I believe scored five touchdowns in that yeah. game. And that's a team that had some pretty elite defensive line talent when you yeah. look at Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabu, who if he wouldn't have torn his Achilles at his pro day would have been a first-round pick. So yeah. you're looking at a team that made the college football playoff and Kenneth Walker – or Ken Walker, sorry, that's what he's going by now. I'm trying to keep it right for him. <laughs> keep but it right, keep it tight. I think that he is a guy that you could see go in there in Vulture. Or, you know, Penny is a guy that so I saw at the end of last year. You know, if he's doing the lion's share of work in the drive, he's not afraid to tap out to go to the yeah. sideline to get in fresh legs. So you like to see – as a player on your team, you want to make sure that you're putting your team in the best chance to win. And I think that Penny does that really well, but I think that could come to his detriment when it comes to putting the ball in the end zone. And I think this is where uh, Ken Walker could feast a little bit. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I think Penny's definitely going to be getting a lot of the carries where when they get down to the goal line, he's going to be needing a, a rest and, that is where it's going to kind of hurt him in the touchdowns, but yards, I think it's all, all penny there. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's go to the pass catchers. So we've been typically starting off with yards. So lefty who's leading the Seattle Seahawks in receiving yards this year. I think Lockett is going to lead in yards guy. Just he breaks Big play. He has big plays for a lot of yards. I want to say he's led the team in yards past few years. Mm -hmm. Um, Touchdowns maybe not in his favor, but yeah, I I think he definitely, with his speed, um, has a lot of big plays for big yards, but just can't get in the end zone. 
Okay. See, not too far off from you, but I'm going to go with DK Metcalf as the yardage leader this year. Okay. You look at the starts that Gino had last year and the big plays ran through DK Metcalf, even if yeah. it was a broken tackle and go. Um, so I think early on that you've seen that rapport built up a little bit more with Gino and DK as compared to Tyler Lockett, who had a special relationship with Russell Wilson. Yeah. And then I think that if Drew Locke gets the handles, I think that, you know, getting the ball out sooner out of Drew Locke's hands, I think is going to be a key. So when he throws that deep ball, he's going to look for the guy that has him beat early where Lockett takes a little bit more time and gets that little burst late. So if he sees that opening with DK where he's got to step on a guy, you know, 10 yards down the field, he's going to be more willing to air it out there, I believe, than he would to Tyler Lockett. So I think just in terms of sheer yardage, I'm going to lean DK. I like that reasoning. Yeah, I, I can easily see DK taking that too, yeah. All right, lefty, we're going on to who's going to lead the team in receptions? Who's going to have the most? I'm also going to go with Lockett on this one. A lot of the um, just quick throws, screens, stuff like that, I think are going to be going through him a little bit. I know last year they did have DK run quite a few screen plays where just let the guy do what he can do, you know, and he's DK's a beast, but Lockett, I think he's going to take this reception leader and run with it. I hopefully into the end zone, but <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I think Lockett's going to take the receptions and receiving yards based on his speed and the fact that they just they know he's a stud at the receiver position. So yeah, I'm going Lockett. Who you got? I'm gonna go Lockett as well for the receptions and for a little bit different reason. Um, he's the most sure-handed guy on the squad, and you're gonna be looking at those across the middle type plays when he's running in the slot, you know. Might not get that big run after catch, but moving moving the sticks a little bit, getting those four, five, six, seven, eight-yard chunks, doing that mm-hmm. short to medium game, I think is going to be something that's emphasized a lot more in this offense under Shane Waldron where the key to Russell Wilson was extending the play, but you looked at the short stretches when the Seahawks were humming with Geno, which was the tail end of the Rams game, you know, in large parts during the Saints and Steelers games, it was pretty quiet. But when they started really humming was when the run game was getting going and Gino was hitting on those short to intermediate passes to open up the big pass game. And you even look at DK at his longest touchdown catch with Gino at quarterback. And it was, you know, I believe it was a hitch where he broke tackle and just outran yeah. everybody. So that short to intermediate game is going to be key. And I think that's where Tyler Lockett can feast this upcoming year. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, receiving touchdowns. Who do you got as the leader here, lefty? This one I'm going with DK. Uh, He's going to be the jump ball guy in the end zone. Uh, Quick slants, those types of guys to score the touchdowns. He's a different 
he's not even a human, really. The fact that he is 6'4", has that speed, is just built like a brick shit house and can catch the ball. It's you got to go to DK in the in the red zone and give him all the touchdowns he can possibly get because I have a good feeling that ninety five percent of the time he's coming down with the ball. Like it, yes, sir. Who you got? Conventional wisdom makes this really easy for me. I'm going with Noah Fant. Okay. I Hear like me that. out. Yeah. Hear me out. No, I'm, I'm listening. So you look at a Shane Waldron offense, which is based off the Sean McVay offense. You look at the tight ends that have been available down in LA. It's been Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett. They tried to feed Gerald Everett the ball here. You look at Noah Fant. He is the most talented tight end in terms of his pass catching ability that Shane Waldron's ever had his hands on. And you looked at the manufactured touches last year to Gerald Everett, who dropped multiple touchdown passes. And I think Mm -hmm. that especially later in the year, if you get this run game going, if you're running two tight end sets, leaking that tight end out into the flat is going to be an easy pitch and catch. I think you're going to feast on those little short plays where you're running that deception where you've ran the ball twice and like, here comes the third one and you got Noah Fant leaking out. Plus I think that he does have, you know, breakaway speed and can, you know, beat a safety every once in a while coming up that scene. So I think that this one is probably my most out there take when it comes to this whole thing. But I think that you look at it in a Sean McDay offense, they do love to emphasize the tight end more than other offenses. And, I think that Russell Wilson always wanted the top tight end because he saw the value in it, but didn't always throw the ball to the guys that he wanted to bring in. And I think that with both these guys really running in the confines of that offense, that you're going to see a greater emphasis there. And I think that Fant could just eke out a win in the touchdown department. Yeah. And tight ends definitely like a sleeper position where guys you're getting more of the linebackers stuff like that guarding you where they're so focused on a, a run where play action can easily open that up for fan. I like that pick a lot. Well, let's just continue with me not picking the same player for anything. Let's go to the defense. Cause I guess right. what, I'm not going to pick an offensive person to win any of these categories. No, top no. Stat leader. All right, let's start off. <laughs> We'll kind of work our way uh, towards the back, but let's go sack leader. Who's leading this team in sacks? Sacks? God, I might – I kind of want to go with, like, a Jamal Adams sleeper. All right, let's do it. Yeah, Check I it like out. Jamal Adams just because he's, he's done it before. Yes, he has, and he loves, loves blitzing. Loves to get to the quarterback, even at the safety position. I think if he can stay healthy and be the Jamal Adams that we originally got, um, I think he can easily take the sack leaders. And he's just – he loves to hit people. Like, he's 
he's going to come in full send and just annihilate some quarterbacks, blind sides, all that. I, I'd take uh, Jamal for, for the sack leaders. It's kind of a sneaky one. I like it. Who you got? I'm going to go with Daryl Taylor. And the dude was on an absolute tear last year before he had that scary neck injury. Bounced back, you know, took a few weeks to really get back in the rotation. You saw the sack numbers decrease, but as the tail end of the year was upon us, he's making big pops in the flat again. So I think the the need and want to hit is something that just runs through this guy's veins. So I'm looking to him to really go going into year three, him with the change in defense, more attacking style. You've got typically it was him in like Carlos Dunlap or Alton Robinson or Ben Mayoa. Like I got him, you know, paired up on the other side. You've got uh, Chinny Nwosu or you got Boye Mafe potentially on yeah. the other side. So you're looking at high twitch type athletes. So you're expecting to see a little bit more one-on-ones because he was the twitchy guy before. He's got the yeah. speed to get around the edge, and the dude just finishes quarterbacks in the pocket. So I'm looking for him to take another step forward. I think he finished the year at like six and a half or seven. I'm looking him to approach double digits this year and be the team leader in sacks. I like that a lot. All right, tackles. Uh, this one, I believe we're going to have the same answer. On. I just have a hunch. I'm going Jordan Brooks. Okay. Don't know if that was your pick. We'll have to wait and see. It's called the tease there. Left <laughs> I'm, I'm going with Jordan Brooks just because with Bobby Wagner gone, he, I'm pretty sure Jordan let, um, was shy was team, of – Team leader last year. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, I think he's – this is kind of his – defense now as he's filling in for Bobby taking that role and he may not do it vocally as like a captain but I can guarantee that he is going to do it with his play and his tackling ability I I can't picture anyone else taking the tackle leader from him he's he's an animal short linebacker but flies around and makes plays jordan brooks lock it not tyler lock it like lock it in lock it in. <laughs> see i was tempted to go with with like my man crush on this show cody barton I, but, that's who i thought you were gonna go with but i'm also gonna go with jordan brooks because yeah. i think that cody barton's gonna play more in the middle yeah he's gonna rack up some of those tackles in the run game but I think you're also going to see him stuff up some holes and make that running back bounce. And that's where Jordan Brooks is going to feast. He also handles himself pretty decently in coverage as well. So I think that you're going to see those short to intermediate routes, tight ends and running backs, and even some receivers that he's going to erase them. And he really started popping at the end of last year, ended second in the NFL in tackles last year. I think that he's only going to build upon that and keep being at the top of the league in tackles. And especially when you're going to be looking at the opponents of the Seahawks, you're looking at early where they're going to be passing the ball and then probably icing away some of the games. If they've got a big lead, this is where he's going to really rack up more and more tackles. And I think it could be a dogfight between him and Cody Barton, but I think Jordan Brooks ultimately comes out on top. 
Yeah, I agree. All right. Last category. And the last we're talking interceptions. Who is your team leader in interceptions, Lefty? So there's a couple that I like, but got All right, let's go. Give one. me your top two then. We'll but we'll do top two for this so we can give a little bit more love to the defense. Give me your give me first overall, and then I'll give you my first, and then we'll go to seconds. Okay. First overall, I gotta go with Quandre Diggs. Agreed. Um he's a ball hawk, really. And you lock him in for five a year. Exactly. He gets five a year. That's yeah. what he does for the Seahawks. If he's on the Seahawks, he's gonna get five interceptions. Mm-hmm. Write it write it and pen. Yeah. <laughs> write it down. Write it now. Uh yeah, Quandre is he is a ball hawk, loves to get interceptions, and at that free safety position gets to just fly around and read quarterback's eyes. And I think that is he's gonna be taking the interception leader. I mean, he he was a stud last year, got hurt, unfortunately, but I think he bounce, bounces back and can starts where he left off. Yep, agreed. This guy is going to be the captain of this defense. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the guy that is somewhat vocal, but he's going to really fill that Bobby Wagner void of being the voice of reason for the defense. I think he's a veteran compared to most other guys. I think he's probably one of the more veteran guys besides like an Al Woods in the interior. So you're going to really look at Quandre to be that leader. And I think he's going to do so with his words and with his play on the field. And I think that, yeah, you're right on. He's led the team in interceptions and I expect it to continue. Yep. All right. Who do you got for number two? So this one is hit or miss. If he starts, I'm going to say Kobe Bryant. That's who I was going to go number two. Really? Yep. And the reason I'm picking him as number two is because he's a rookie. A lot of the quarterbacks are going to be thrown his way. Uh, And I think he's just going to shut them down and benefit from them throwing his way because he's going to take all those picks, hopefully – maybe a couple pick sixes that'd be nice but yeah that's kind of the reason why i threw kobe bryant out there him being a rookie young a lot of the veteran quarterbacks um and other quarterbacks in the league are going to want to throw that way to test him see if they can catch him sleeping things like that but i think he's a pretty solid cornerback and i I think he was a steal in the draft, so I think he's going to be the number two guy if he's if he starts. I don't know if they've announced it yet, but I did see a picture of him and Sidney Jones uh, at training camp together, and they were, were kind of hinting at. I think it's going to come down to the health the of Trey Brown, but I yeah. do think that the word on him, he's not the fastest guy, but you look at like a Richard Sherman, who this guy is just savvy. And Richard Sherman could mm-hmm. pick the ball off, wasn't necessarily the fastest guy, knew when and how to give cushion. And that's what you've heard, uh, that his ball skills are probably the best out of all the defensive backs at rookie training camp uh, early on. So if you're looking for a guy to do that, Sidney Jones hasn't traditionally been a big interception guy. 
you know, Trey Brown's coming off injury. You've got Justin Coleman, who I think is going to excel being back in the slot in this defense. But I don't think Jamal Adams is going to be sitting there. So if you're looking for a guy that has a chance to make it on the field and should clock in with a pick or two, maybe even three, who knows? Could be even four. Or Kobe, five. Kobe Bryant would be the guy Yep, for me. Rocking the number eight. He's got Kobe on his side. It's that Mamba mentality. Yeah. If you're looking for people out on social media that have a Mamba mentality, mm-hmm. might go look towards us and you can find me on Twitter at the real coach red on Instagram at the real underscore coach red or lefty. Where are you at? Find me on Twitter at lefty France on Instagram at D France 13. Follow the pod while you're at it at coach red pod on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Do it, do it, do it. And as always, stay fresh. Stay fresh, peeps. Peace.